Turn with me in Ezekiel, if you will. Chapter 37 should be a familiar scripture. Should be. Should ring a bell in your heart. Let's start in verse number 1. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse number 1. The Bible said, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. He said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, notice this, O Lord God, thou knowest. Are you with me? Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Boy, I preached to some like that. Have you, Chris? Yeah. I I know you have, Daniel. You was in service. Thus said the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I, notice this, will lay sinew upon you, and ye will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. Ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. Mm-hmm. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. When I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army, Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. He just brought it to the church house, didn't he? Behold, (laughs) they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. Boy, if that ain't a reflection of the church today, I don't know what it is. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. 
Ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves. Oh, my people, brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you. Ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions, then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. Bless it, Brother Chris. Yes, Lord. God, hear these cries. Yes, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I began to read and think on this thought this afternoon, and I, I, I want to say that we had a shaking here this morning. There were some dry bones, got some flesh about them this morning. I have never read this scripture that in my mind's eye, and you probably saw it too, the great heapings of bones of the buffalo that was killed in America. How I many has never seen a picture of those bones? I mean piled higher than this church. Really. Millions of buffalo were killed. Stripped of their hides and left to rot. Now they were done for two reasons. Well it was helping the economy with the hides. Brought money into America, but it also done what the government wanted it to do, starve the Indian out. That was the main object. And I thought it funny that after all of them years, them bones was piled up, and, and I'm talking about as big as this whole building. High. Millions of them just piled up, and they were useless. Nobody wanted them. Then all of a sudden, somebody took some of them bones and ground them up and began to sell bone meal to go in gardens. And something that was absolutely, totally useless became valuable. But in my mind's eye, I began to see those bones. And this scripture reminds me of that every time I read it. And I thought, God, we had a good shaking this morning. You prophesying to us that we can live again. Now we all know we're going to live again when the rapture takes place. But what about a dead and dry church and dead and dry people? Can I help somebody? You can be in the most spiritual church that's ever been and you still be dry. I've seen it. I've never really understood it. I've preached in churches where 99% was shouting it out. But there's always seems like there's that one dry, cold, old sourpuss-looking thing that's just trying to dare God to bless them. He asked him a question. Can these bones live again? He answered right. 
Lord, you know. <laughs> Lord, if you said, they can. If you said, it will be done. That's what he's saying. Then he said, prophesy to them. Hello, church. Stay with me now. Prophesying means tell them, get up. It's going to be done because God said it would be. Now think about this. You walk up to a pile of bones as big as this building. No wonder in the last verses I read to you that when he turned it to Israel, they said, no hope. No hope. Has anybody here listened to Jonathan Kahn any? Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Jonathan Kahn? Yeah. He has said some things in the past that's already come to pass because he backs it up with the Word of God. The Bible said to Euphrates River, when it dries up, we really begin something that you and I can't really imagine. Bible said in the Euphrates River there was two of those fallen angels put in captivity and when that river dries up they'll be turned loose. Now think about what's coming. If they were from heaven and they followed Satan and God encapsulated them for a time in the end have many seen pictures of the Euphrates River lately? <laughs> Muddy Creek it's ten times bigger than the Euphrates River. Yeah. It ain't much more than a mud hole left. So what does that tell me? Tells me that the end time's getting mighty, mighty close. Well, Jonathan Kahn, I was listening to him this week, and he was giving some scripture of what is going to transpire. Now, I'm not off base. Stay with me. I'll come back around. When all of this starts taking place, and it's already been in motion in America, and we just didn't know it because we don't study the Scriptures enough. He was talking about in the end times, these demons are going to be loosed again, and they're going to be worshiping other gods again. Hello, in America. Are we there? We are, ain't we? He began to tell, and he called the uh, uh, demon's name, he called the, I guess you'd call it a god that the world would call a god. And how that this particular god is a woman, but identifies as a man. And when that one was released that that would put a movement around the world for the women to leave the natural use of their bodies and turn to men. Have we seen that coming? Is it in effect already? Now think about this. This is a God that was worshipped two and three and four thousand years ago and we're seeing it come back to play now. You're saying, what are you preaching on, preacher? I'm preaching on dry bones. Why was the bones dry to start with? Hello? Can I put it in one word? Dead. 
dead. Does that describe about 95% of our churches anymore? <laughs> Isn't it funny that 95% of our churches don't even have a foundation? The death, the burial, and the resurrection, the virgin birth, that's foundational. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's foundational. Old Testament, that's foundational. And we wonder what's happening to the churches. Well, let me start at the pulpit. The pulpits have become jellyfishes. Oh, we can't say that. We'll offend them and they won't write my check. Can I say this to everybody that's listening and ever hears this message? If they're there just for a paycheck, get rid of them anyway. You don't need them in their know-how. If he ain't willing to stand up there and preach for nothing, you don't need him. Because if he's got any faith in God, God will take care of him whatever the need is. Above whatever he needs. I believe that with all my heart. So we see that the pool pits have turned into money pits. We can't offend this crowd because they write the most checks in the church. To cater to them. If they say, well, my son's queer, my daughter's a lesbian, we can't preach on that. Preacher friend of mine was pastoring down in South Carolina. He'd been there about three months. How many remember Brother Robert Travis? You remember him telling that story? He told a friend to you in revival. He said he'd been there about three months, said everything was going good. Said two deacons took him downstairs that night and said, Preacher, you've been here long enough now, we need to tell you something. He said, well, what is it, man? They said, well, the secretary that writes your check is shacked up. Now, first of all, what's she doing still a secretary? Anyway, they said, you might not want to preach on adultery. Robert looked at them men and said, Well, said, you know, you might ought to have her write my last check because I'm going to have to preach on it tonight. He did, they did, and it was over. They'd rather get rid of the preacher that would tell them the truth, put meat back on the bones, put life back in it. They'd rather have them dead, dry bones. They'd rather be have a church full of, of those that'll just keep their mouth shut. They'd rather have dickens than deacons. I'm afraid, Chris, if I'd have been in that position, I'd have said, okay. I'd have went right straight to the pulpit. I'd have called the deacon's name, and I, I would have told exactly what they told me. That's what I would have done. I would have exposed that mess before I left. I wouldn't just preached on it. I'd have called names. Well, that was the next thought. This hush. Don't get in my message over here. If I wanted you to preach it, I'd have to beg you, right? But isn't it funny that we'd rather have the valley of the dry bones? God, don't tell me to prophesy to them. But what did he do? He prophesied. 
What did we see? The Bible said there was a great shaking. Our churches need a great shaking. We need to get together. And that's what sharing the Savior is all about, is getting the churches together. We don't all drive Fords, but that's all right. Right? Are you with me? Say amen. Now think about that. Are we hung up because everybody don't dress like us? Are we hung up because everybody don't act like us? Are we, do we have a hang up that everybody may not even live like us? Let me remind you, old boy, you may remember him. I had him here, Dennis Christie. I remember, many remember him. Full beard, sung like an angel, looked like a devil's friend. He went with me to Jamaica. You ought to be in the streets of Jamaica with that man. Son, he's fearless. I like going in the streets with people like that. He said, I got your back, preacher, preach. I said, I got your back, brother, sing. He'd cut loose singing. He'd sing a few, I'd join in. Then I'd preach, then he'd preach, and I'd sing. We just had each other's back. It didn't matter where we was at. We went in a Chinese restaurant over there. Last, next to the last day we was there, they always take us downtown, let us get something good to eat. and What we're used to anyway, let me put it that way. We went in a big fancy Chinese restaurant over there. Brother Dennis, first words out of his mouth when the waitress come around said, Are you saved? Do you know my Jesus? And here he is, a big long beard. You'd never think he knowed anything about Jesus, you know. He just didn't look the part of a Jesus freak. And she said, yes, sir, I know about him. And that's all she said. Well, she went around, got the orders for the drinks, and she come back to the table and brought the drinks. And then I said, well, you said you know about him, but are you really in love with him? And I thought, boy, he's getting serious now. That girl said, well, I love Jesus. Then I said, how much do you love him? <laughs> just that quick. And she said, I love him a lot. He said, well, I don't see you at church on Sunday. <laughs> then he began to tell where we was preaching. He never left that woman alone the whole time we were there. Every time she come to the table, he hit another avenue. We'd eat our meal, and we were sitting there talking. Everybody fellowshipping. He, she come back over to the table, see if we needed anything. He reached and got her by the hand. He said, can I lead you to Jesus today? He said it just that soft. She began to cry. We had prayer right at that table and led her to Jesus right there. But I thought... That old boy don't look like a Christian. But what does a Christian look like? Looks just like you. Looks just like me. This looks like everybody else. Right? The only thing different about us is what's on the inside of us. That makes a difference on the outward appearance, but it has to start on the inward appearance. And I thought, boy, he ain't never dry. Everywhere I've ever been with him, we'd get on the bus. He'd start on the bus driver. In the airport. 
I didn't think we was ever going to get through the ticket line. He's, he's trying to get everybody in that place saved. And I thought, God, let me be more like him. Let me have a conversation of you everywhere I go. That's what we ought to be. We shouldn't be so dry. I mean, our salvation should bring joy to our hearts. We should want those dead, dry bones to live again. Now think about it, church. What is our responsibility? Chris, that's the part people don't like. They want the rights, but they do not want the responsibility that goes with those rights. And if you look at the scripture I read to you tonight, when the Lord said it, He done it. He didn't make no excuses. He just done it. Are we that eager? Yeah, I had a 14 excuses we will be. <laughs> We're going to try every excuse we can get before we do it. Say amen, somebody. <laughs> We're going to be worse than our children, right? We finally have to threaten them to get them to do it. If you don't do it, I'm going to take a belt to you, right? Then you're to look up at your father and say, Go ahead, Lord, belt me. Belt me, Lord. But he prophesied to them. Now notice that when he prophesied, the bones began to shake. They began to come in together. And everything that the Lord told him began to happen. Hello? Everything just like it. And then here stands a person and there ain't no breath in him. You know why there wasn't no breath in him? You may look like a Christian, but where's your voice? Right? You may look like you're alive, meaning that you're a Christian, but where's your voice? What does Romans say, Chris? Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. That's what we know about Romans, ain't it? When you say Romans, that's what comes to my mind. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So how are you going to confess if you ain't got no breath? Hello? Right? And he said, prophesy to the four winds. Now, why would he just say the four winds? You ever thought about that? Now listen, I'm going to get down deep a little bit tonight before we go out there. Why didn't he just say prophesy to the east wind? Any one of them would have brought breath. Can I give you my version? You need to be complete. East, west, north, and south. You need the whole armor. You need all of God. You don't just need an east wind or a west wind or a north wind or a south wind. You don't need just an east or a west. You need the whole armor of God to breathe into you the real life of God. We got a lot of Christians sitting in the house of God. They're just about half-winded. <laughs> I'm going to close in a minute. Listen. How can you honestly say, preacher... They're only half-winded. Well, let me give you some things. I don't believe in anointing of all. You ever met any people like that? I have. Have you ever met anybody that says, 
Oh, you're one of them old foot washing people. Well, let me help you. It's in the book. If it's in that book, it's in there for a reason. But they don't want to wash feet. No, they don't want to do that. They don't want to anoint with oil. They don't want to lay hands on. No, they don't want that. And then the one I really like to emphasize is they'll jump up and say, I don't believe in that speaking in tongues. Can I tell you something? Every single week that I preach, I preach in tongues. I emphasize this a lot. How do you preach in tongues? Half of you never understand nothing I say. Right? And if you're not understanding it, then I'm preaching in a language that you don't understand. They get hung up on these little things. I'll never forget when Billy Graham growed his hair out. Does anybody remember that? Does anybody ever remember him? He really growed his hair out long in the back. You know, he combed it back and it come way down here. And he got the pulpit and he said, Look at my hair, does it make me lost? Really? Right? Some people say if you don't speak in tongues, you're lost. If you're not baptized in the water, you're lost. If you don't believe in the anointing with oil, you've got to be lost. Right? We get hung up on all these things. That's the reason he said the four winds. You need it all. You need every page that's in that book. He never put it in there just for a suggestion. He put it in there for your benefit. And the four winds breathed in them. Then it goes to referring to us really going home to be with the Lord. Read that scripture. You're going to go to a land... Hello? How you going to go there when you got life and life eternal? Is everybody with me? Have I got too deep and lost anybody yet? We need to know these things. God is saying, if you're going to breathe, breathe it all in. Wouldn't it be funny if they were all sinewed, all muscled, all the bones got together, but their skin didn't get up there. Boy, wouldn't that be a freak? Woo! Wouldn't you like to see me and Chris with no skin? Yeah, that'd be a sight. I've seen some of his head then. Now think about it. If God hadn't made us complete in Christ Jesus if he hadn't to give us everything we needed through Christ Jesus, he couldn't expect us to be like him. But because he gave us everything to pull us together and make us in his image and remake us in his son's image, then he expects more out of us than a bunch of valley of dry bones. Just dead, dry services. Just laying in the valley, bleached by the sun. Hello? I'll never forget one time there in Jamaica, Brother Sidney had been down there in the trice dump so much, 
in the trash dump down there burnt for four years, by the way. And he had been down there with all that smoke and his seat belts had got smoke in the interior of his car. And where I'd pulled that seat belt across me was a big black stripe on my white shirt. Well, I got back that night and Mama Brown said, I'll fix that for you, preacher. And I thought to myself, Mama, you ain't even got a washing machine. She said, I'll fix it. She washed that shirt with her hands. And she took it out in the sun and hung it up. And this is what she said. She said, what I didn't clean, the sun will. She said, that sun will bleach it whiter than I can get it. And she's truthful. You lay it out in the sun, something will color and see if it ain't bleached after a while. It'll start fading. And that shirt, I believe, was the whitest I'd ever seen it. And I thought, that sister something. That sister knows something. She knows that the sun can cleanse you. Now think about that tonight. Are we going to be satisfied with a valley of dry bones? Now let me give you the last point, and it's in the beginning. It said he went round about them dry bones. And there were two or three. That ain't what he said. Say it again. Many. Many. Church might be full, but it's dry bones. I'd rather have a handful with their mind on God, full of the Holy Ghost, than a church full of dead folk. And God had to. He said, just walk around them and look. Aren't they pretty, all bleached out white? Now think on this, and I'm closing. Why didn't he say they were rotten? Why didn't he show him them when they were rotted? You know, the skin stretching and the stench and the maggots. Why didn't he show it that way? No. He said they're white, bleached in the sun, meaning they thought they was good, clean. What did he say about the sepulcher? Full of dead man's bones. Full of dead man's bones. He said, your mouth's talking of me, but your heart's far from me. Full of dead man's bones. Church, let's not have a church full of dead men's bones. And the only way we'll ever have a church that don't have a church full of dead men's bones it's for us as individuals to be on fire for God. I like this about a fire. A fire will light the way. A fire will warm the way. And a fire will consume the way. And a fire is contagious. Once you get it started, now listen, and just a little bitty breeze Anybody ever build a fire and ain't no breeze at all? And as soon as you build it, a fire creates its own wind. And you'll see it start sucking up into the middle. Let's let the fire break out the house of God. Let it start in me, Lord.
I don't want to be dry bones. I don't want to stand there with no breath in me. I don't want to look good. God, I want to be good. I want to have a breath for you that I can speak. Let us stand. Maybe you're weak tonight and you just need for us to pray over you. Would you step out and come by faith? Maybe you tonight would say, Lord, please don't ever let me get like that valley of dry bones. Please, God, don't ever let me get dry. Let me stay full of life. Let all the four winds be in me. Father, hear our cries tonight to our church. God, take my little feeble efforts here tonight, God, to touch and to move upon Lord, that you would be pleased, God, in all that had been done here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the church thinking of Mama Gail and loving her, Lord, and honoring her tonight. Thank you, Father, we were able to keep it a secret to this point anyway. Thank you, Father, for these that's come tonight because, Lord, they love you so much. Not just because we had a great service this morning, but because, God, it is our service to you to honor you. Lord, let us have that kind in our heart tonight that we'd be full, the bone, the sinew, the muscle, the skin, the breath of life be in us. For thy glory, Father, we've come and asked it. For thy glory, Father, we want it done. And let it be so, Father, that it be noised abroad about the love and the mercy of God that's come into this house today and saved a soul from the pits of hell. Help that young man. Let us help him. Let us encourage him. Let us feed him that he can grow. God, let us all have that breath of life in us tonight that would please you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.